Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives with your hosts, myself, Colton Cockrell, and Tricia Stetzel. Our goal is to bridge the generational, gender, and life experience gap in business through our unique styles of gathering information from our guests. This podcast is sponsored by Jim Butcher, who is a relationship banker with Allegiance Bank. Now let's get it started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bridge the Gap. My name is Colton Cockrell. I'm a certified financial fiduciary and independent financial advisor with Share McKinley Group. Now I'm here, like always, with my lovely co-host, Miss Tricia Stetzel. Thank you, Colton. You're always so kind to me, at least until we start the show. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Tricia Stetzel here, owner of Results Extreme Business Solutions, and I am super excited about our guest today. And I feel like she's my friend. She's so complimentary and it just makes us feel so good. We were having this great discussion uh, before we started recording today. So Tara Mason, my friend, is a business law attorney. She's been practicing law for 23 years. She has a passion for helping business owners proactively protect their business plans for sustained growth by drafting for them strong corporate governance documents and contracts. Welcome, Tara, to Bridge the Gap. Thank you. So glad to be here. Thank you, Colton. Thank you for that very kind introduction. So happy to be here. And you know what? This is a special occasion, Tara, because you are actually on our first episode of season two. So welcome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you have a ton of information, 23 years. That's a lot of experience. So we're going to jump right in because we want to make sure that we can milk all the time that we, we have with you, okay? So then I'll go ahead and get us started, Tricia. I know it, we'll just do age before beauty. Oh, I guess that, well. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me jump right in. So as you know, really, whenever we're talking about business law, there's not a lot of um, generational differences, right? Business is business no matter how old you are. Um, so regardless if you're starting off or you're looking at getting another business, tell me how important is it to be incorporated? Um, well, there's three different um, structures, business structures for businesses. Incorporation is just one of them. Another um, structure that you have is your standard LLC. And then you have an LLC with an S election. So I can talk to you about um, how those different structures are applied um, in regular businesses. Would you like for me to go over those? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. So generally you'll have your, your LLC and that'll be your sole proprietor. So, um, those are the persons that have decided to take advantage of a tax benefit that they could receive by being an LLC besides just a DBA you have a tax benefit associated with being an LLC. And so I always advise my to speak with a tax professional so that they can decide whether or not it's even um, cost beneficial to them to form an LLC. Because if your business is so small, you may not want to incur that expense. The next structure, first is LLC. The next structure is an LLC with an S election. You see that structure um, more often when you have a partnership. Um, and then with the S election, again, that's associated with a tax benefit. 
So a really um, simple example is that with an LLC by itself, the income of the business goes straight to the business owner. It's, a, it's an automatic distribution. And the business owner will pay um, distribution taxes, income taxes on that distribution. Whereas when you have an S election, you don't have a straight pass through of all income. Under an S election situation, you'll have one of the um, member owners identify a reasonable salary for the position that they occupy in the business. That reasonable salary is then taxed at an employment tax rate. The rest of the um, distribution will be taxed at an income tax rate. So again, I always um, advise my clients to speak with a tax professional so that they'll know what is most beneficial to them. So hypothetically, on a first example, if you have $100,000 income coming to an LLC, it would just go straight through to the business owner, and that would be tax income tax on $100,000. Whereas if I have a, a partnership and I choose an S election, then me and my partner can choose a reasonable salary for the positions that we occupy. And it doesn't have to be equal to our um, percentage of ownership. So say hypothetically, I have a $40,000 um, income, my partner has a $40,000 income, and then the remainder of that is a, a $20,000 in is distribution for $100,000 income on the business. In that situation, we both would be taxed employment taxes on the salary, the reasonable salary that we've identified for the IRS. And then the remaining 20% would be tax income for the business, and that's gonna be at a lower rate. So again, you need to discuss with your tax professional What's the best benefit? What's, what's most cost beneficial to the business for us to do that? A lot of small businesses find that if they choose the S election, it benefits them more to go that route because they don't have to pay employment tax on the full amount of the income for the business. That's the big difference. When you talk about incorporation, that's going to be the third common structure for small businesses. When you talk about that type of structure, that comes up in situations when you want to have different kinds of stock for the business. So, for example, um, I've had a situation recently where because of COVID-19, um, a business owner wants to restart their business. However, they're just flat out of money. They've spoken with some people who are interested in investing in the business to keep him afloat. However, he can no longer contribute to the business financially. My recommendation was that if you incorporate, you can have different shares of stock in the business. Well, how would that benefit him? It would benefit him because he could have a sweat equity share agreement in the business entity itself that would allow him to acquire equity in the business based upon the work that he's putting in over time. There will be a vesting period that could be negotiated and those terms could be worked out in the contract such that he could acquire more equity and then based upon the agreement, exchange that equity in time for a different type of stock, which would be your common shares of stock. 
In essence, he would be able to buy his company back from the investors. And that's what he's looking to do. You cannot have different kinds of stock or interest in the company in an LLC or an LLC with an S election. It has to be incorporated. Now, the negative tax side of that is that with a um, corp in, when you're incorporated, you got to pay corporate tax. So you're going to have a double taxation. And a lot of times people, smaller business can't handle that. But in a situation where I was working with a client, it was a large enough business that over time, that'll pan out in the wash. And again, it would allow him to buy back the company from the investors. And it was somebody who was going, it was a close friend of his and was willing to help him out. So that's an option as well. So just to recap, the three kinds of structures that you normally see are just an LLC for a sole proprietor. Second, an LLC with an S election and a partnership. And third, when you're incorporating because you want different types of stock. I, so, I just gotta say oh, go real ahead. quick, like we can just hand you the show and you can just keep <laughs> like you knocked out like that was I think four questions or so, like what is an LLC? You know, what's the difference? What's the tax the tax liability? You literally answered so many questions in that one answer. That was perfect. Yeah. That was awesome. Like mind blown, Tara. I know. <laughs> I'm just like taking <laughs> notes. Trying to here. keep it as simple as yeah. possible so yeah. that people can understand. Well, what, when do I want to apply a certain structure for my business? Because they they have different tax benefits. Really, is what's making the determination is the tax benefits. Sure. So, can Patricia. we? I have a question for it. Yeah. So, I have a question. I know tons of people that have small businesses. They have DBAs and they don't have any kind of structure in place. Right. So, what I want to know. Um, I understand the tax um, implications, right, behind having these formations, but don't they protect us as uh, they separate, right, the, uh, my personal income or my personal property, if you will, from my business, even if I take that DBA and form an LLC? Is that, sure. I mean... Yes, Tricia, you are absolutely right. And that's why you would want a more formal structure for your business rather than just keeping it as a DBA. When you um, create an LLC, aside from the tax benefits, that LLC is a completely separate entity. In the law, it is identified as a separate individual. That corporation is completely separate from you. And that's how you're able to separate your personal assets from the business assets of the LLC. That's why it is so important. However, I also caution um, my clients that yes, you can go online yourself individually, create a new name and pay the filing fee to establish a new LLC. However, if you don't have the corporate governance documents in place to show that you are actually operating as a separate entity from the individual, then you may be exposed to risk of liability down the road. So having corporate governance documents in place for the LLC is a way to further protect you, your personal assets, from any type of liability associated with the business. Um, so 
the same way, and, and it's very akin to the same way that you would be separating your bank accounts. No commingling of your personal funds with the business funds. It's a way to define it if there's ever any type of liability situation to show a court that this is a separate entity, a separate individual altogether. It has its own liabilities and assets um, that are associated with it. It's completely separate from the individual. So yes, you're absolutely right, Trish. You, that's one of the key benefits that you have from when you formally um, incorporate, you know, or create an LLC for a business. And it sounds to me like, Colton, we should have an attorney help us with that and not just go online. Uh, right. <laughs> Trisha, what do you mean? Can, can I just go to like a online, you know, like a and take care of it? Isn't yeah, that oh, my goodness oh, gracious. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Those are scary totally situations. <laughs> totally. Right. Okay. Thanks, Tara. We, We've had that conversation before now. Now, first off, I'm letting you know that your 23 years of experience is definitely showing. What you're bringing, that's a lot of knowledge that you're bringing. And that's, we're so appreciative of having you. Now, let me ask you this. Now, whenever it gets, I know it gets a little bit more difficult. When it's a sole prop, just one individual, I know that, you know, it's it's pretty streamlined. It's, it's just deciding what kind of way um, you're going to structure your business. But now when you get partners involved, tell me, how does that work, especially towards the back end if someone was wanting to leave or if someone were to pass away. Tell me how that works. Thank you, um, Colton, for asking that question because that's really, really important um, for people to think about on the front end rather than the back end. And that's why I let people know that I'm very, very passionate about helping business owners be proactive rather than reactive to a situation. So how are you proactive in um, a partnership scenario? The way you are um, first is don't have equal uh, amounts of ownership in the business. You can't break a tie when everybody has the same ownership percentage in a business, whether that's everybody's got 50, 50, 33 and a third. No, <laughs> you can't break a tie in those types of situations. So I counsel my clients that someone's going to have to be a majority owner. Let's negotiate that now. So for the minority owner, what other benefits, what other authority could I give the minority owner so that they feel that they are equally contributing, even though the membership ownership itself, the percentage of the ownership is not equal? How can that person feel as a minority owner, I'm equally contributing and I'm equally getting a benefit out of the business? So that's number one. Everybody cannot have the same amount of ownership in the business. Number two, I negotiate with them um, the terms of any type of buyouts if there is a dispute. And it doesn't even have to be a dispute. It can be a situation where one of the partners, investors in the business said, I've got enough. I I've been in this. I've gotten the return on my investment that I've, I've wanted to get out of it. I want to get out. You want to negotiate on the front end then first, how are those shares going to be valued? Meaning we identify who gets to select a business appraiser ahead of time. We um, identify the, the terms on how those shares are going to be valued, at what point in time they're going to be valued, those type of things. We negotiate who can buy the shares. So if I want to get out, can only a family member buy those shares? Can anybody in the public buy those shares? 
Does it have to be somebody that's in the same industry? Can it be somebody who's looking to get into the restaurant where they've only been into retail? You negotiate those things up front. And why is that um, so important? It's because um, some people may not want to let the business go. It's remained profitable. They've put a lot of time and investment in it. And they don't want, they don't want one person who's pulling out of it cause the whole thing to fail. And, and I, don't, I don't think that's right. And I don't think that's necessary. If you negotiate on the front end, the business can continue to thrive and grow. You can have the terms in place that allows people to buy the shares quickly so that, that we don't end up fighting about it. And we can get an investor in, we can get a new partner in and take that place. But the problem comes in is when you don't negotiate upfront who can buy the shares. So for example, we've had this a number of times at our firm. You have a family owned business, a restaurant, and it's been in the family for years. Well, there's been a divorce and now we've got a new wife We've, you know, they, she's got new kids coming in. And then the original family, the, the original siblings normally is how it is, is that they don't want the, the new step or they don't want the new stepbrothers and stepsisters, stepsisters being able to buy those shares or into the, the, the business because somebody is, is leaving. You want to negotiate. Does it have to remain a family-owned business? You know, can it, do those, the persons that are buying the chairs, do they have to be by blood relation? Can they be step moms and stepdads that can buy? When you do those things on the front end, again, the business can continue to thrive and grow, and you don't expend money disputing an issue about who can buy the new shares. So th those are the type of things you want to think about ahead of time to be proactive. It sounds like Tara, a prenup for that, a business. You're right. It's, Trisha, that's exactly <laughs> it. It is a prenup. It is. And if you do your work on the front end, then look, if you have to split part ways, you're able to do it easily and cleanly. And everybody can go their separate ways. That's, that's well put. Well put. Now, let me ask you this. This is going to be a tough question, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you had the choice to right now in COVID to have a pet elephant or a pet zebra, which one would you choose? I would take the pet elephant. I would. I For would. car washing purposes or what? I like um, the size. I, I think I could do more with a pet elephant. The size, the mass, I would be able to move things with him. Um, he's trainable. They have pleasant dispositions. I'm all about large and take charge. I would want to, yeah, I'm, I'm the attorney. myself <laughs> and that's Tara's elephant. I'm all for it. Yeah. Tara, listen, like the thing that I love about professionals is that they are so on point, but man, when it comes to like random questions, they have a reason for it. It's oh, not yeah. just, <laughs> I love, you've thought about this before. I can oh, tell. Yeah. I, I want the elephant. I want to make a statement. I, that's my elephant. Oh yeah. Definitely. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now my HOA may not like this. <laughs> As the attorney. <laughs> and I love it. Okay, so Tara, would you be willing to divulge what generation 
you are in. Oh, oh yeah, I'm 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 in the old people generation. <laughs> she's she's not a baby boomer. Yeah. I'm not a baby boomer. No, I'm not a baby oh. boomer. You know, I'm I'm younger than the baby boomers, but I've got some time here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Colton, I win so far. You do. She's a Gen Xer. So I'll give so you that G. But but she's hip and she's cool, so she can she can <laughs> definitely pull it off as a millennial, just saying. So. Yes. I try. So, I yes. try. Because the next question that I would ask you is what generation do you most identify with? Oh, it would definitely be the older Gen X type. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, Colton? It would. Yeah. No shame in that. None whatsoever. <laughs> yes. So if we could, Tara, in closing, please, again, tell us uh, the name of your business and how people might contact you if they have questions about the podcast today. And we're going to ask you to spell it out for us oh, since we're okay. only on audio so that people okay. can contact you. So okay. go for it. So my name is Tara Mason. The best way to contact me is on my mobile, my cell phone, 504-559-0499. That's my preferred way of communication. I like talking with people. I like communicating verbally with people. So please give me a call. And um, if I'm not available at the moment, I promise you, I will call you back. Alternatively, if you don't have a moment for a call, then the best way to reach me is by email. Um, and I'm going to spell that out. It's going to be my name, Tara Mason, T-A-R-A-M-A-S-O-N-E-S-Q at gmail.com. And I will quickly respond to your emails. Again, my focus is on um, helping business owners proactively protect their business assets. And I'm happy to help you do that. So if you're looking for a business law attorney, Tara Mason is the bomb. I'll tell you that. Not only is she knowledgeable, but man, if you meet her in person, she does not come off as an attorney. And I love that. So thank you everybody for tuning in today. This is going to conclude this week's podcast. So tune in next week for another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, where we're connecting business perspectives. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives. If there's a certain professional or profession that you want to hear from, leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Jim Butcher, a relationship banker with Allegiance Bank. Colton Cocker with Sharon McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc. Member FINRA, Pacific. Sharon McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.